We're live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And it's a point. It's a point yeah. in the book uh, for the black and red. Should have been three yeah. any, any kind of way you look at it. But we sit here after a game against a good Philadelphia Union team. And you talk about it should have been three and you took a point. I think this DC United team has to take that. Yeah. John Lee joined as always by Sam Kastner. Joshua Morgan and Michael Black as we come onto the airways awaiting hearing from Chad Ashton. Uh, we'll find out which player is going to join us. But first time in a while we're talking about a result. Yeah, it's the first time in a while we've been really disappointed about a tie. You know, I, I yeah. <laughs> saw something that I agreed with, which is basically like coming into this, I would have really loved a tie after watching the game. It was unfortunate we didn't come away with three points, and that's just shocking right now. You know, I, I told you all during the game, you know, this is the DC United team I kind of expected to see for most of this season. You know, it was not a team that was going to just outshoot and be a, you know, superior talent to the team they're playing against. But they went out there, they created chances, they, you know, got in the mixer and made some things happen. And you, I think you're all exactly right. We definitely could have ended up with three points against a very good Philadelphia Union team. You know, uh, it's indicative of the whole game that DC United played pretty well, uh, but but it was very short span. I was actually on the way to the bathroom. Luckily for me, <laughs> luckily for me, the TV was in line inside of the bathroom door because I was then stuck in the in the bathroom because you guys wouldn't let me out because so we've gotten to that point of superstition here as DC United. Yeah, it was so a four minute was, stretch. It was right before, yeah, it was right before like the first corner kick, and then we got another corner kick. So he was standing there. And then we scored, he celebrated, he shut the door, he opened the door again. And then as he was opening the door, we were like, it's a PK. And he was like, guys, stop lying. And we were like, no, we really have a PK. He stood in the bathroom for the PK. We didn't let him move until Philly scored on us. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Philly scored once you left the bathroom, right? No, no, no. no, no I he waited. stayed waited. until <laughs> we were not going to let him out. Are you kidding I, I recognize <laughs> I recognize the superstition. You if you miss the... Sorry, if if you missed the first half, you didn't miss a whole lot. You saw a, a few quality minutes from yeah. from Flores. Uh, he was a subbed off at, at halftime. Yeah, Yamil had a, had a great game overall. Um, I, I'm 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 I might be letting him out of the doghouse. We'll see. We'll see oh wow, he, uh, it, it, it was a great performance tonight. And you wonder what kind of went into that, right? Is that yeah. is that I hate to say it, but did, did the change in, in, in coaching kind of unlock some of that? I mean, we heard from you don't Yamil. actually hate to say that. Well, <laughs> well, it's, you know, kind I don't, of but both. <laughs> I remember hearing from him a month or so ago yeah. in one of the you know match day minus two press conferences, and he was just like, "Yeah, pretty." M-. I mean, it, these weren't his exact words, but some to the effect of like, "It pretty much sucks to fend for the whole game," and yeah. that's obviously not what they've done the last two nights. And he looked like he was having fun out there, and and it was it was a quality shift for email tonight. Yeah, I mean, the whole team just comes out with so much more confidence, and I think that they're just like having a little bit more fun with it, right? We heard that from a few different players um, in recent press conferences that it's it's just not fun. It's so hard to just absorb that much pressure. But now that they've been given kind of the go-ahead to go out there and be creative, I mean, Assad was pulling moves left and right. I thought um, Pines had a, a much better first half than a second half, so maybe don't completely ignore the first half. Well, um, but he scored in the second he half, did, right? And so congrats to uh, a yeah. uh, friend of the show, Which, Donovan Pines. We promised him he could come over and cheer in front of us when he was on uh, during <laughs> the coronavirus hiatus. And but it, it's almost—it's. Sh- I mean, it's shocking that like, yeah, he scored the goal, but almost as big a story is that yeah. bike he tried to pull. Oh man, <laughs> I, I feel like you know. So he's going to be joining us on the press conference. And I feel like somebody he has is. to ask him what he was thinking and if he's actually pulled that off at any other point because that was uh, an incredible effort. I think that was a chopper, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, this is a huge individual. Yeah. And that <laughs> bicycle is too small I mean, to describe. Yeah, like, my hip hurts from watching that, right? <laughs> Had he scored on that, forget about it. We would have been at Audi Field, too, <laughs> running down the street. It was great. You know, you love to see the passion. And again, that's not something that I think we would have probably seen a couple days ago or a couple games ago. Excuse me. There's just this like life and this passion that this team has again um, that we were really missing. And I mean, that's something we've heard a lot of. You know, we needed to have that grit. And in referencing Benny, he brought that passion and that leave it all in the field mentality that Chad really wanted to see the players emulate in these last games of the season. Well, when you, you talk about mentality, you know, first of all, we made this point before both of the goals we gave up today were not goals that happened in yep. transition. They were you know, no. mental lapses, things that yeah. were issues. And I 
They weren't on set pieces either. They though, weren't set pieces, nice. but you know, there there are situations where you know it's a question of defending better. It's not a question of getting caught out because you had gotten stretched too far forward. It was just a question of you know failing to do what you need to do in defense. And you know, that's something and, you've seen this entire season is that you know it's a team that wanted to sit back and defend and defend and defend didn't take risks going forward and they, so far they haven't really been punished for it. I'm glad you brought that up, Michael. I was just about to talk uh, about Philly's goals. They, they weren't one was a deflected shot from far and, and the other was a complete lapse in the back uh, with our not normal center backs back there. It, yeah. And so for it's been since September 20th that DC United got a result. And tonight uh, for the first time in a really long time, maybe the whole season, it wasn't DC United who were fortunate to get the goals. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is going to be as happy, I'm sure, as Chad is to get his first point as interim coach. Like, I think that he's going to come out pretty upset that those two goals happened because that was something in the pregame press conference. Somebody said like, hey, that was your first game. Obviously, we didn't get the result. But what positives are you taking away from it? And he was like, well, first of all, we have to fix the mistakes. He's like, I'm not even going to talk about the positives. I just know that these things need to change. Um, and we need to work on these moving forward. And what he basically talked about were those defensive errors, and we saw them again tonight. Um, so it's, I, I would be surprised if that was something he didn't mention and something that they didn't yeah. work on leading into yet another game in just a couple days. <laughs> yeah. you know, when you talk about you know the change of mentality as well, you know, I don't think any of us really expect this team to be in the playoffs. You know, that's still a reality of where you are. It's well, more than... Yeah. Oh, I don't know now, but it was prior. I was gonna to say today. I was ready More to call it Sam. I was like, I, I think Sam said we had a shot last <laughs> yeah. week, but, but I I, I wasn't gonna look it up. One of y'all did, but I'll be hopeful till we have regra- that zero. Regardless, you know these are still professionals. They still are out there going to to play to win. But you do think that it lifts a little bit off the shoulders of the team and the coaching staff, frankly, to be able to say, hey, you know, we're going to go out there and play the best soccer we can instead of having to again grind out results like that NYCFC game we saw. Uh, back in September where you said, well, you know, we got a point. It's, it's fine. You know, this has the same impact on the standings, but you feel a lot more positive coming out of this game after, you know, coming back from behind and taking a lead and probably should have held on to it. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. And I think that, I mean, regardless of the playoff situation, we talked about this a little bit last episode. I'm sure we're going to talk about it again. Um, is that, I mean, new regime, new rules almost, right? Like we're going to see changes. Yeah. Um, so these players are fighting for their careers at, at DC United at this point, potentially. Um, and I think we're going to, yeah, I thought it was great. You know, I, I thought we showed real character. It, it would have been easy after they got the goal to, to just say, Oh, here, here we go again, you know, but you, you saw the guys bounce back immediately, start to threaten, create chances, get some set pieces. Um, I, I couldn't ask for more the last two games. I mean, the guys are, are giving everything they possibly have there. There's no question you know how hard they're working there's no question the hearts the desire so i'm really proud of the group again i I, again i just thought we showed great character on the night we'll go to pablo next pablo go ahead man uh chad i wanted to ask in particular about um emil Assad's performance he seems to the games a little bit more the past uh game or two and i'm curious what you've made of of his play you cut out a little bit there in the pot in the middle there pablo can you say it again uh yeah i just wanted to ask about yamil assad's performance in the past couple of games he seems to be sort of finding his way yeah i think he's been great i I think you know he's he's been a real leader um he's obviously playing in a, a different position tonight and um you certainly couldn't tell. Um, picking up the the slack of, of Junior not being in there, but yeah, I, I think over the, the two games he's been so steady and such a calming influence with regards to our team getting on the ball more, um, good decision making, um, going for you know the, the tougher balls more at the right time, and and that's kind of what we've asked the entire group is. We need to be a little more patient with the ball. We need to knock and move a little bit more and just get on the ball. And especially once we get in the final third, like just slow down a little bit and see if we can create more by making an extra pass or two rather than trying to rush and, and get in there and, and, and put the first one immediately into the middle or, or whatever it may be. But 
Um, again, over the last two games, I, I feel like we've manufactured enough chances to, to win both games, and, and he's been a big part of that. Go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Uh, hi, Chad. Thanks for speaking with us. Um, obviously, you started Edison Flores out on the left uh, side of midfield tonight, uh, gave him the 45 minutes. How do you think he did with uh, a little more responsibility as well as just a longer stint in the game after his injury? I think he did well. You know, I think his fitness is coming along. Um, we got to find ways to to get him on the ball a little bit more and then get people running off of him a little bit more. And part of that's him taking the responsibility of, of moving without the ball and, and getting on it. But I do feel like every time he touches the ball, good things happen. Um, his decision-making is good. He sees the entire field. I think at times, little things are, are lacking and, and he struggles with the mask a little bit. So I think at times when the ball's underneath him at his feet, um, that's causing him a little bit of problem and um, we'll continue to try and fix that. But considering how long he's been out to jump in two games and look the way he's looked and, and move forward with regards to his fitness is a real credit to him and how hard he's worked to get back. We'll go to Mauricio next. Mauricio, go ahead. Yeah, thank you, uh, Coach, for the time. Uh, you kind of answered uh, my question about uh, Edison Flores, but I have a question about uh, Kevin Paredes. How was his performance? Uh, because I see that he started in the initial 11. And, um, you know, Kevin Paredes, how, how, how do you think he's doing now? I think he's doing well, you know, especially for a younger player. He's figuring out the balance of the game, when to get forward, um, how to go about defensive responsibilities. I still think um, he can figure out some, some different ways to get involved in the final third and be a little more complete in the final third. He, he tends to, once he gets to the final third, have his, his mind made up a, a little bit rather than taking what the defense is, is giving him. Um, but his energy, his, his decision-making for a young player, um, I, I thought he was excellent. I, I thought he put in a, a great shift and um, his, his progress as a player and, and playing in this league is, is really fun to watch just in term, terms of his learning curve and how quickly he's figuring things out. I'll take two more questions. We'll go to Emily Olson next. Emily, go ahead. Hi, Chad. Uh, this is the first uh, point in a while here, and you mentioned about last week, seeing the way that the team played and the improvements that they've had. Um, is there a, a sense of relief at all getting this point here that it's kind of proof that this group is is pulling together what they can this last stretch? I don't know if relief is, is the right word, but I do think the group feels like they're taking steps forward together. I think a product of um, that, the fact that you said it's been a while since we've picked up a point, I, I think that played into our mentality when we took the lead. So when we took the 2-1 lead, I think you saw us in our mentality in terms of just dropping off, getting a little too deep, um, and, and that's a product of that we haven't gotten a result in a while. And I think if, you know, we continue to put performances in like this and we get leads, we'll start to figure out, hey, we, we, we can keep continue to play. We can continue to attack. We don't have to fall off. Um, and, and that was the mentality after they scored. So we've, we've got to kind of take a step forward in, in that neighborhood. But, uh, you know, we are making progress. Again, last game created more chances. This game, finding a way to get two goals. Um, if we keep moving forward in, in all the little integral details with regards to getting results now, um, we'll start to become a little bit more of a complete team. Last question, Chad. We'll go to Jose Umania. Jose, go ahead. Hey, Chad. Um, just wanted to ask about Donovan Pines, what you saw of him overall, and how did you feel, you know, him getting that goal, getting breaking away from the defender to get that goal to build momentum for you guys? His goal was was great, you know, great glancing header. He was dangerous on every set piece on the night going forward. Um, I 
thought overall he, he was pretty good with the ball. He, he still at times needs to recognize when there's danger and, and just lump the lump the ball. Like there's times where it's in, intelligent and smart to play. And there's times where it's intelligent just to put it in the other end and say, let's move up and, and force the other team to break us down defensively. But on the night, I thought his aggression was awesome. It, it was a big part of why we were getting on the ball, especially in the first half. It was a big part of why they weren't to, they weren't able to have longer possessions and, and basically play through lines was he disrupted every entry ball into the forwards. So he, he still has to figure out, you know, the, the big moments and, and important spots on the field. But again, like he's getting great experience right now for a guy who hasn't seen a, a million games in this league. I think he's he's moving forward and, and he's getting better with with all the little details. And we'll continue to talk about that and work on those both with him individually, but within the team, the team framework as well. Chad, thanks for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Estes United interim head coach Chad Ashton at the podium. And, uh, you know, listen, we talked about a 2-2 draw, getting a point, first point in, in quite a long time. I, I think I called the technical term forever, ever. But um, it's a good point against the Philadelphia Union team that's that's one of the better in the league. They're second in the East, only three points back of, of the lead uh, behind Toronto. Chad Ashton, is he – is he making a, a bit of a run and potentially taking over on a permanent basis? It's been two games. It's obviously been very different play that we've seen, uh, you know, all season. But of course, he does only have one point through two games. So, what are your guys' thoughts? I, I think it's astonishing how different this team looks, and and just the short amount of time. Look, we talked about he had three practices before last game, uh, and, and the team played really well there. And then they face a, one of the contenders in the Eastern Conference. And almost pulled out the result tonight. I, I, I think they were a little bit unlucky. Uh, they were a little bit lucky themselves. But I think they were a little bit unlucky not to get three points tonight. And, and, and it's not like Philly didn't bring it. So clearly he's doing something right in a very short amount of time. And, and I still think he's just trying to see who he's got. Uh, I don't know. I completely agree. I think I will judge him most harshly on the game next Saturday because that's when he will have a full week of really training and yeah. chatting with these guys and kind of letting them know what he wants to see on the field. Right now, it, it is probably very reactionary because you can't go all in on practices in the way um, that you would want to when you only have two or three days before games. So I think that will be kind of his best um, opportunity to make a case. But, I mean, he's he's making a case now. He's making a decent one. I think he's at least going to get an interview. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I expect that Chad Ashton is going to coach like his job depends on it because it does. Yeah. He's going to yeah. get the guys in the best position he can and try to, to win some games. And at the end of the day, if the body of work justifies it then yeah it'll be part of the conversation the last time we played philly uh, albeit on the road and with a we got smashed depleted roster it was 4-1 <laughs> and i agree with you sam i think that game next weekend in atlanta is going to be determinative too because the last time we played atlanta here it was two weeks ago right yeah two yeah. weeks ago and we, we got smashed you should four goals <laughs> <laughs> and hardly the beginning of the end but you know the writing was on the wall there so I think if you do start to see you know, the turnarounds in, in big games against opponents that, you know, especially a Philly team that is top of the league, yeah, you, start, you have to start asking, hey, can this guy get it done for us long term? I also think that what we're seeing right now is not necessarily Chad Ashton's vision for D.C. United, right? He came in halfway through the season. It's a lot of games in a short span. It's a really dire situation to come into. Um, and he hasn't worked with the GM on transfers, right? So I right. think that, like, he could be making his case on the field, but off the field, like in those interviews or in that, in those conversations he's having with the front office, it could be completely different. He could want to take the team in a completely different direction. If there was ever a stat to show the difference between the Olsen era and the first couple games in the Ashton era, 14 shots tonight by DC United. That's two more than Philly. Let's send it to Donovan Pines, who's at the podium now. We'll go ahead and dive in. Reminder for folks to raise your hand if you have a question. We'll go to Steve Goff first. Steve. Donovan, uh, congratulations on the goal. Thank you, Steve. Um, what, uh, take us through that goal, and, and also what do you think that goal did uh, for the team, um, having uh, been able to come back from a, from a deficit? Uh, you know, these types of deficits have really sunk you guys uh, the last few weeks. Yeah, I think that goal, you know, meant so much to me. 
and you know it meant the world to me because it's my first goal and you know I love this club and I'm really happy that I was able to get one against a good Philadelphia Union side and you know I in that goal I was just you know so focused on just getting off my man and just going into space and I feel like I you know I moved around a little bit more this game and you know moved my defender and finally I got free and Emil played a perfect ball and you know I got to give credit where credit is due and so I ran over to him and made sure you know I gave him the love that he deserved because that was a great ball a great you know cross in and I'm really blessed to be part of this this team and that gave so much life to us and really gave us hope um, to score another one and we did which is really really cool in the fact that we were you know up a goal um, against a very good Philadelphia Union side and um, you know it's tough that we didn't get the result but um, we're happy that we got our point and we'll move on to Cincinnati. Thanks, Donovan. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead, man. Uh, hi, Donovan. Congrats on the goal. Thanks for speaking with us. Um, Chad mentioned just, just before you, you came in that uh, one of the things he wanted to emphasize tonight was that you were more aggressive in breaking play up. Um, I was wondering the relationship that you have with, um, with Fred now that, that you're developing, getting this run of games. Um, how does that play into you being able to step high uh, more frequently and, and be more of a factor like that? No, I think you're right. You know, it comes with, you know, getting games and communication. So, um, you know, I'm playing more games with Fred as, a, you know, in a, in a four back. So uh, as us in the in the two, like left and left center back and right center back. And, you know, he's, he's giving me, you know, trust that I can go and step to the guy, you know, the striker that's up top. He's, if he's checking in and I know he has my back. So, you know, over these, um, you know, period of games, I'm getting that trust from Fred and that's making me be more aggressive and I can, you know, be more aggressive and have Joseph also cover and have Fred cover. And, you know, it feels really good to have that uh, covering back line. We'll go back to Steve Goff. Steve, go ahead, man. Um, but does it, um, how does it affect the players psychologically when there is a coaching change? Does it, uh, how, how does it um, influence you or, or, or change your mentality or, or your desire? How, what's the impact you think? I think, uh, you know, you just got to have faith and, you know, trust the process. So, you know, we're starting on a new, you know, new coach, new slate. And, you know, we want to we give everything with for Chad because, you know, he gave so much for this club as well um, as, you know, assistant to Ben. So we want to, um, you know, proceed in the right direction and, you know, fight for, you know, the club and fight for uh, what we want to do uh, in the next coming games and try to develop an identity for next year. So um, we can't just, you know, take games off. We have to make sure we focus and develop what we need to get better um, this this season and the rest of the game. So um, we have something to build on. We'll go to Jimena next. Jimena, go ahead. Don't know, and congratulations of, of the goal. Who would Thank you, you. <laughs> you're welcome. Who would you say has become a leader on the field? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know, uh, I feel like you can't name one leader. Uh, I think we all have leadership qualities in us and we all have to, you know, be accountable for our, you know, actions. You, either if you not talk, you don't talk or you just leave it all on the field, you know, you can be a leader in that. So you don't have to be a vocal leader, but you can just leave everything on the field and be a leader in that. So um, I feel like everybody has those qualities in the field, but um, I think if I name, could name one person, I think Fred's doing a great job. Uh, leading the squad um, and always, you know, speaking to players, communicating, and making sure we're, you know, tuned in as much as possible. So I think he's been a great, um, you know, captain uh, since Steve is gone. And uh, I'm really blessed to have, uh, you know, a vocal and a good center back to play with on the right, on the left side and right side. We'll go to Mauricio next. Mauricio, go ahead, man. Uh, Donovan, congratulations on the goal. And um, I see that the defense and the offense have uh, changed a little. Uh, did something that uh, Coach Chad said to you guys or the mentality of trying to win the rest of the games change? What was the specific uh, movement that we saw today? Because it was 10 times better than the other games. Well, that's a great, great question. I think, you know, we, as I said before, we want to develop an identity. So we want to see, uh, you know, how we're playing up top and, you know, press as much as possible in the beginning of the game, making them uncomfortable and then being aggressive in the back line to make them force turnovers. So um, we're trying to play, you know, at a good pace, fast pace and make runs in behind and just um, be as, uh, you know, quick as possible to try to uh, go forward. So I think we're pressing more as a team. 
Uh, Eric did a great job up top uh, pressing, you know, Mark and uh, Jack and, you know, the strike, Ola did a great job too. The strikers did a great job uh, forcing the one side and, you know, pinching uh, those corners and, you know, turning the ball over. So I think Chad is, every, everyone's proud about, you know, how we played and hopefully we can build off, uh, you know, this game. And I'll take one more question. We'll go to Emily Olson. Emily, go ahead. Hey, Donovan, two quick questions here. Um, first, on the field, did you feel like because it's been so long since you guys were able to uh, get the lead that you that that something kind of dropped on the on the field in your performance just because you were it's been so long? And then the second, do you feel that getting a point against a very good Philadelphia team gives you guys confidence going forward? I think, yeah, uh, you know, this is a great step forward. Um, you know, we put in a lot of effort tonight uh, in both halves and everyone, I think, left everything on the field. And, you know, it was unfortunate that we gave up, you know, that last goal. Uh, it was a great strike by uh, Mark. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, everyone put in the work. You could see the, you know, exhausted faces after the game. And, you know, I'm really proud of the guys who played today and who came in off the bench as well. Um, and, you know, we can build off this game because it's a very, you know, very good Philadelphia Union squad. And so this gives us, you know, positive, um, you know, uh, vibes going into Cincinnati. So uh, hopefully we can, you know, uh, get our heads straight uh, throughout the week and, you know, focus on um, what we're going to prepare for Cincinnati and go uh, to Cincinnati and hopefully uh, beat them. Donovan, thanks again for your time, man. And congrats again on the goal. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. SDC United's Donovan Pine celebrating his first career MLS goal, second in our hearts, uh, of course. <laughs> and my question to you guys after listening to him talk there and, of course, after watching the game and seeing a, a fair amount of Donovan this season, is Donovan Pines the future center back we pair with Steven Birnbaum or does DC United need to go out and, and, and try to find uh, you know, a, a longer-term franchise option there wow i'll say i'll say i hope so right even if it's not next season what is this what look we just had a donovan pines parade and you're just the the well i I think at some point we've got to talk about this right i mean yeah you're right you're right and and sam was giving us a a a good yeah i had a whole answer ready (laughs) you just thought it was a throwaway show is off the rails man (laughs) i'm just like can we appreciate the goal first so joshua obviously thinks no and he just doesn't want to be negative right now in this situation Sam, take it away. I can mute his mic. Yeah, thank you. Um, So (laughs) actually muted. I appreciate. Um, You know, I made the comment uh, during the game that Donovan Pines is around the same age that Ian Harks was when he first signed for the team after college. And that blew everyone's mind. He was like the youth. And there was like a side conversation about like going to college versus just going to MLS and the pros and cons of that. But everyone was super excited to have this young talent from the area who is going to come into DC and like really make big things happen and Pines is that age now so as I was saying it's even if it's not necessarily like next season even if he still needs a little bit of time to like develop and figure the league out a little bit I'm not mad about that right center back is usually your older players on the team they're usually the players who have the experience in reading the game in playing in those big moments right they're the people who need to bring that calming presence they're not the youthful energy that you see on the team so if it takes a little while I'm not mad about that I'd love to see him get chances here and there if it does end up taking a little while Um, but I would love to see him stay in DC he like I mean, I just love hearing him in those interviews, right? He was fun yeah. for us to interview, and we did during the coronavirus hiatus. Um, so I'd love to see him stick with the team for a very long time. Anybody that describes their first goal uh, as being so important because they, quote, love this team is, is obviously a guy I want to see stick around. And, and, and Sam, I mean, the, the silver lining in all this is that with Burnbaum on the shelf for at least the rest of the regular season, we're going to be seeing Donovan Pines for the rest of the season. So that that's going to give him ample opportunity. Yeah. And that's what I mean. And even if, sorry, black, even if in the postseason we sign a different center back and if he's a little bit older and more experienced and he's Burnbaum's pairing as I've, at least if Donovan's kind of getting those minutes and getting that time and kind of learning under them, um, if he could be kind of like the next wave yeah. within DC United, I'd love that. Well, and what we've seen this year is that you need center back depth. 
you can't just expect That's to, so true, to yeah. get by with two guys, especially playing four at the pack. You're going to end up needing all all hands on deck. I would love for us to be looking back in five years or so and say that Donovan Pines has developed into a real leader on this team and you know, is an anchor at the back. That'd be an excellent thing and a real testament to us bringing in a guy from the local area. I think also to your point about him getting a lot more playing time down the stretch, that is so crucial, especially for a guy at the beginning of his career, building that those relationships at the back, you know, really knowing how to, to play with your partners back there. That's really where you see a lot of that cohesive defending. You figure out what you're doing, you know where you expect everyone else to be, and there's only so much you can do with that in practice. So I think the more time he gets, the more he's going to have a chance to show it, and you really saw it pay off tonight. I, I think what Sam brought up about the, the, the comparison to Harks is amazing because it, it's kind of this weird route to MLS. I mean, we have the college draft. We've had that forever or this all, what does they call it? The super, the super draft. draft. The super super draft. It's not draft. just the draft, Joshua. It is the <laughs> super draft. Yeah. And, and, and we've, we've seen the introduction of these academy players, these, these kids that are good enough to skip college outright and become a professional at 16, 17, 18, like Yao and, and Griffin and Moses. Uh, but but this weird route that Harks and now Pines have taken of where they went to college. Ian Harks was the the Herman winner, which is the yeah. best collegiate player. Pines was did he was a senior at Maryland when he decided to go professional. Uh, I, I think it's a really cool route because they get that experience. We get to see some film on them, and then they join. I, I do agree, despite John's. Uh, look, I, I just didn't want to rain on his parade with his goal tonight. I'm so happy for him. But, yes, Absolutely. I I, th- I think we should pursue. His, at the back, he was a little shaky. And Breon's getting old. I, I don't know if Pines is ready to be our, our starter uh, and not occasional rotation guy. Uh, the Williams guy from Blackburn that we were heavily rumored with, I, I try to look it up. Yeah. Um, I think we should still be looking at that. Yeah, and, and I, I appreciate and fair enough calling me out on like talking about this right after a press conference, right? I'm super pumped for Donovan as well. It's just it's an important conversation. It's one we have to have because, you know, unfortunately, this guy has had some challenges staying healthy, um, you know, throughout his career getting to here. Um, and, and this has been the first season where we've seen a ton of him. And it's it's. It's admittedly been ups and downs, well, we but I think overall, I mean, the team's had ups and downs, right? And so we've had him on the roster for two years, right? Yeah. Is has it only been two years? Yeah. Is this this is the this is year two or this is year three? This is year two, right? Is it really? Well, I guess had, I was thinking he spent some time with Loudon, right? Yeah, uh, I think that he was played also some last games year, with though. them. Yeah, but that would yeah that would have had to have been last yeah, year. This, yeah, this is year two, so you know, hard to say. I, I want to say I thought we had hoped last year was the year that that he took over for Brian. I want to say this is year three, and then yeah, Brian had a Breon really good played year. out his mind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then and then of course this year has been yeah. all over the place. Um, and I'd still be fine if he were to play himself in a position where he is outplaying Briant and absolutely on the field. Oh yeah, Briant's been playing at a high level. If you've got a guy who's outperforming that, especially a guy who's younger and frankly cheaper on your salary cap, that's a that's a win for the team. Yeah, and I think that was a, a very important point that we we just want to see depth in that position. Maybe, I mean, I mean, I think Briant's had a a little bit rougher season than he did last season. Um, maybe Pine starts playing out of his mind these past few games. Maybe he, you know, plays pretty well, and then whoever the new coach is, like, comes in, gives him a chance, and he is the starter next season. I would love to see that happen. Um, I think that he might not be, like, in the best 11 for center backs, but I think that he he definitely holds his own out there. Definitely agree, and, and I think we all hope that we see, you know, Donovan Pines continue to grow and, and, and be a big part of this team. You know, moving forward, I, I'm, I'm laughing here a little bit. During the game, we, we saw some sour grapes from our Philly friends on, on Twitter, frustrated with the refereeing. But this quote from Jim Curtin's postgame press conference is just outrageous. He said, I quote, they grew the grass nice and long here. They don't have a lawnmower anymore at the stadium, so they made the game ugly. Oh, wow. My man is butthurt. There's no way around it. Like, what? I, I just... Ah. Jim, you guys didn't play that well tonight. I think it's the bottom line. That's shocking. Yeah, I think there there are a lot of excuses. Philly just didn't play well tonight. And I, I don't think it was a particularly slow game either. I mean, and this the is ball's Philly, moving around quite a bit. This is a Philly team that committed 20,000 tonight. Like, you know, if you're talking about a team that's trying grass. to make the game ugly. <laughs> yeah, they must have been stumbling on the uh, Kentucky Bluegrass over there. I mean, if we, want to, if we want to talk refereeing decisions, you know, I guess we can talk about the uh, opportunity in the first half where Assad gets tackled right on the edge of the box. Is it in? Is it out? It was definitely out. Definitely out. Hilarious. But I appreciate that they had the opportunity to take a look at it and then con- confirm the decision. Uh, but 
Even. That would have been devastating, by the way. I mean, I, I would have felt a little bit for Philly if they gave that PK. Yeah. So that's something that as a DC United fan, we weren't like hoping for it. I think that was the general feel. Well, and then on the, on the second goal, you know, the actual penalty, uh, I think all of us agreed uh, as DC United members for sure. But, you know, if you go up and you throw your arms out expecting to try to block the ball and you do in the box, you're going to get a penalty called against you and you're going to deserve whatever happens from it. Yeah, especially with these new handball rules that are still being worked out actively. I'm sure that tape is going to be sent up to FIFA to see how that affects how the rules interpreted next. But, I mean, every single day in 2020, that's going to be a PK. And then I think um, Bedoya got the yellow from it for chatting a little bit to the ref. He disagreed. I don't believe he, he was the one that conceded. Later. And then he absolutely should have had a second yellow later for kicking the ball right at the side. It was ridiculous. And I think that had he not had the first, he probably would have gotten it yeah. for that. Well, well, let's be fair. John has wanted to kick a ball at a side several times. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Probably would have gotten thrown out for it, though. It were <laughs> What a transition. We're live here on <laughs> Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And I, I can tell our mood is a bit more upbeat even after getting a, a point tonight. There's there's plenty of laughter on the show. But if you want to interact with us, uh, please jump in the YouTube chat. We had a little technical difficulties at the start of the show. I may or may not have kicked out the Wi-Fi. Uh, so we got that back going. We lost the chat for a bit, uh, but the chat's backfiring. You can still get to us using the hashtag Tried and True DCU. And, of course, you can uh, give us a call at 202 202- Eight nine two six three two eight. That's two zero two eight nine two six three two eight. We saw a couple folks trying to call in earlier, um, but the call in line is officially open. So if you'd like to join the show, um, please go ahead and give it another shot. So I, I, I just wow that that is crazy from Jim Curtin, I, I, a guy who I, I guess I I've come to respect quite a bit here. But um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Well, yeah, and talk about coaching, you know first decision you're making on a day is a lineup and the lineup you saw today was a lineup that was fairly heavily rotated from over the weekend bringing in Flores to start putting Paredes in on the wing uh, bringing in Fisher to start you saw several major changes it looks like a coach who's getting folks out there to try to see what he's got and really get a feel for it and the players responded the the team looked solid yeah. Oh, I completely agree. I, I was a little bit surprised not to see Gressel on the field um, based on his performance last week. I think he had an opportunity to grow on that. But the biggest thing is Rivas didn't start, right? We're trying to figure out who are, is our pairing up top. Um, and again, not a lot of time in practice to figure it out. You kind of have to go through these games and try out different pairings and see who's going to work well together. So what did you all think of them up top today? I, I, I thought they looked fine. And I think it comes down to what you're talking about. I, I'm not sure... Look, Chad hasn't come out and said that he wants this job. He's working for this job. He's been a little bit co- more coy about it, and, and it kind of feels like he's working out all the all the veterans and seeing what they have, kind of trying to help DCNA get a look towards next year. Do you and, think he- and it looks like we do have a call coming in uh, on the call in line, so we'll go ahead and take that. Um, hey, what's going on? You're on Tried and True. Hey, what's up, Tried and True? Hope you guys are doing well. Um, I just had a couple thoughts about today's game. Yeah, um, please go ahead. I think that, yeah, I think that Sad and uh, Donovan Pines were like man of the match. Uh, I, I think both deserved it, but I think because uh, the silly mistakes that Pines had, I would give it to Assad. Um But just yeah. to uh, elaborate a bit more on that, I think that Pines has to get better at like defending um, in the sense of he was very slow. And he ought to be clearing those balls that are just, you know, sitting there because yeah. that's how the first goal comes. Where this United was very organized in the back, and then he just decides to pass it to whoever was holding at, at the time, yeah. which I think yeah. it was Assad to build up from the back. But when you have that kind of pressure from number 23 from uh, Union, he was like pressuring very, yeah, very up high, so he had to clear that ball. So I think that. As, um, answering your questions that you were making, I think that Pines is better as like a third um, center back, and yeah. I think uh, DC should stick with Burnbound and Brilliant. And Donovan uh, Pines should uh, work off season on like getting faster agility and like getting his head that he he has to clear the ball because because of his uh, mistakes, you know, his silly mistakes like that. We've been punished multiple times this season. Um, yeah, and I just really happy to see he had a chance to make up for find it. Better right? outside back because because of that, Jonathan is like stepping out of his uh, 
center defender zone, and he's as low. So he's going to get you know, sidetracked all the time by these faster um, forwards. So, I mean, I think overall great performance by this United. Uh, you know, we're playing the second place in the East against the last. So the fact that we got a point, I'm, you know, it feels like sort of a win in the sense of like we were down and then we came up, but then we went down again. But you can't do anything with that kind of what Kansi did, but um, some other takeaways that I had was that this team is showing a better identity, like uh, Pines was saying in the press. Um, Sorga and either Kamara or Rivas, we, we have seen these two last games that Sorga had to start from, like, past games. I don't know, because maybe because of the salary. Uh, I've heard something about that. Because of the salary that uh, Ben decided to start either Kamara or Rivas before, but I just think that, you know, they have to earn the, the their position and not just, like, based on their salary. So um, I just think yeah. this, this team just shows, you know, better, more positive. Uh, it seems like, uh, you know, the environment in this team feels a little bit different than with Ben because it seems like he was just throwing it under the bus, no identity of play, um, whereas Chad is finding an identity and, you know, he's praising his team, he's, he's – uh, players and he's talking great things about them and how can they be better collectively yeah uh friend what was your name i didn't catch it oh yeah well hey thanks so much for the call what, what was your name we want to give you a shout out it looks like we might have lost him there i i, I um, think i'm like pretty sure that was dennis I, he's called him before uh yeah, lots of great points call, yeah. for sure. Thank you so much for the call. I, I, so, so two different routes. I kind of want to go down from that. You know, first continue to break down. You know, some of the defensive breakdowns the team had. You know, I, I talked to you guys a little bit while Donovan was speaking. It seemed like Philly realized that the the kind of the path to to good quality shots on target tonight was was you know down the right side pulling Donovan a little bit out of you know the, the traditional center back area and once they could get him there that left a hole and they could either penetrate you know closer to the goal or or, or get it out and then they didn't have a giant center back in the middle and yeah. could blast a shot which right? which is such a good point you want Donovan to like win those tackles um and he needs to be able to kind of stop that offense when it happens but also I mean he was right where are the wingbacks to be able to also shut that down so Pines can be doing his job in the middle right yeah, I, I think the the thing is that you don't want Pines and then Briant to be the one to make the recovery there. So, And we kind of hit on that earlier. Do we want Briant back next year starting, or do we want Pines starting with Burnbaum? I think we want Burnbaum yeah. no matter what. I think he's he's pretty much an MLS starter. I want U.S. men's national team capped Burnbaum, but <laughs> I, I don't know if we're going to get back there yet. But you know, Headers in every game. <laughs> and, you know, and frankly, if you get Burnbaum out there and you get you know a giant and Donovan Pines, you're threatening on corner kicks. You're threatening yeah. on set pieces. You're looking good going forward. Another point he made there about the uh, the play of the attackers today, particularly Sorga, neither goal today came from strikers. You know, We've made several moves to try to shore that up. Uh, we've talked about Kamara's struggles in the past. You're still not getting results from your strikers. You know, certainly more involved today and a little bit unlucky not to put the ball in the back of the net on a couple of those opportunities. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the goals came from a center back and a winger. I mean, Sorga had an opportunity in like yeah. what, the 45th oh, second. That's like, got to <laughs> be a goal, man. Oh, man. He totally. And I think Kamara was making that run back post too. Like they were both making Either those runs. It was a great yeah. ball in and they should have had it in. And there were a couple others in the first half that we definitely sh should have had in and we we could have been up to nothing easy i definitely yeah. liked seeing um you know kamara and and sorga start and, and i think you know dennis thanks again for for the call i think fair play of like you know was was sorga just not getting the starts because we'd invested a little more heavily in some other players and, and was there a sense of you know as results were slipping away could you not bench kamara but i mean first came in for ash and he's like yo hola why don't you take a seat, man? And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, we were successful there. And then, of course, tonight, Ola does get the start, comes out a little bit early. But trying some different things, um, I, I I think at this point, one of the big 
you know positives that we're going to see in the attacking game is because the tactics are allowing for more possession and, and more attacking. It's not going to be on Ola to convert the one chance he gets every game. He's going to have more and more opportunities. Now, what, what remains to be seen is what can he do with them. And um, tonight right, wasn't but, a good showing in that aspect, right? No, and it, and it hasn't been all season. Yeah. Uh, Another thing um, that Dennis said that I'd like to touch on that I've seen a lot of places is people saying that Ben didn't have a sense of identity. And I strongly disagree with that. He had a sense of identity. It was being very defensive and absorbing a lot of shots and trying to count on the counter and the one or two times we were going to move the ball up the field. A lot of people didn't like that, right? It wasn't very successful for us this season, obviously. But I, to me, not having an identity is kind of playing different strategies every time, playing completely different lineups. You know, the team doesn't get into a sense of good rhythm. They don't, they're don't. they not really sure what to do on the ball. That's something you see a lot of times when a new coach comes in and they have to learn a different um, identity. But, you know, to me, Ben Olsen had an identity. It just wasn't one that was successful in this league this season. I, I, and I think, uh, look, I want to take this opportunity to pat ourselves on the back, all our listeners on the back. We we saw this in the squad. We, we said that they yeah, were underperforming. We sure uh, and that just the, the way they were set out was not helping them. And it looks like, I mean, it looks like we were right. At, through two games, we look way better on the offensive side of the ball. Through two games, what I've seen is not only do we look better on the offensive side of the ball, but we don't have to park the bus and pay, play that super defensive style because that super defensive style was given up like three goals a game. And this this more attacking possession oriented style, which by the way we Philly did have more possession tonight, but but not by the margins we're used to yeah. seeing. I think um, it probably came in the second half too, right? I don't have numbers yeah. on that, but I would imagine we had more in the first half than the second. We kind of let up at the end of the second part of the second half, yeah. Um, and I'm sure that that heavily counted against us. But I think well, we're averaging two point goals allowed per game in the Chad Ashton era, and and the the two previous games in the Olsen era before that were four per game, right? So I mean. It's it's not where it needs to be, um, but the offensive side is coming along, and, and it's it's a little bit – it says a lot that we're playing a more attacking style, and yet somehow we're conceding fewer goals. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I, I think – I mean, it came from last season, right? Like, we played just as defensive, but again, we mentioned Fred was playing out of his mind, right? And he was able to kind of just be a brick wall back there, and nothing was getting through. And I think that was the momentum that Ben was trying to bring into this season. It clearly didn't pan out. Um, but he, he tried to continue that, just absorbing all the pressure. Um, and it, it wasn't working. So now that we've shifted, and I mean, yeah, it's, it's a lot better to have possession in their half or at least around the halfway yeah. line in the middle third because um, then if you're conceding it, you have that opportunity to get back. You know, and speaking of brick walls at the back, you know, we got a result against second best team in the conference without our national team quality goalkeeper. You know, Bill Yeah, Hamid, we haven't even mentioned that. Bill Hamid missed the game tonight with a non-COVID-related illness. Hope he's recovering well and hope to see him back out there soon. Chris Seitz did everything we asked of him. You know, there were a couple of times yeah. where, you know, you maybe want him to wrap the ball a little better, but neither of the goals were on him. You know, no, he's hung out to dry on the first one, and the second one was a rough deflection on a, on a rocket, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. He made one or two really good saves, though. Like, he kept us in the game at some points. For sure. Uh, so happy to see him, you know, continue to improve and, you know, get opportunities, you know, when and be ready when available. So good to see him there. Yeah, and, and I'd be remiss to say, look, I mean, we've, we've obviously talked around Frederick Briant quite a bit, and, and the reality is I, I wish my man was like five years younger because oh my gosh, then, I know. then we'd be set, we right? We wouldn't I be mean, having these this conversation. Three backs, no, yeah. there, there'd, be no, there'd be no conversation to have, but, I mean, age at some point is going to catch up with him, and, and, I mean, with the way he's playing right now, I don't, I don't see any good reason why DC United wouldn't, wouldn't have him back next year. I mean, I, I hope at some point it's starting to move him out of a – ideally starting 34 games type of role, right? Like you want to, you want to see him transition out, but I think, I think Fred's a leader on this team. And, and unfortunately it's just kind of on the back, back nine of his career. And, and, and yeah. DC United have to start to plan for that because even if Donovan Pines is the answer uh, long-term next to, to Steven Birnbaum, which I think he has the potential to do. I think we all do. Um, if, if we've learned nothing else from 2020, it's that injuries will happen. Um, and, and we've got to have we've got to have a deeper deep enough squad to survive. Look, Jill Ellis likes to play with <laughs> wingbacks <laughs> way of the field. We're gonna, gonna need faster you again. center backs. <laughs> I'm just joking around. <laughs> um, 
you totally lost where I was going to go <laughs> with the show from Way here. to go, Joshua. Man, you well, killed me. Well, now that we talked about JLS, we don't have to talk about it anymore. That's right. Uh, let's <laughs> check that box uh, for, the, for the night. I think that's bingo on the on the coaching front. I mentioned Olsen and Ashton. Oh, we got Harks. John Harks. There we go. Yep. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I have bingo. Um, listen, one of the things we, we kind of set out to do is is deliberately not rehash the conversations we had last week about coaches. I mean, last Sunday. Yeah, last three days ago, not even last week, and that's part of the reason why is because it was just a couple days ago, yeah. and no real news has come out. No, and I think what we'll probably try to do is as as we get less speculative and more, you know, confirmed news about like interviews that the team actually has candidates in. You know, we we can talk more about that, and of course, if if you all have thoughts. Uh, as our listeners, we would love to hear it. Uh, that, that's certainly a, a way to kind of bring the coaching into the conversation. But we've kind of given our piece at this point, um, and, and I'm sure we'll bring it back over the next few weeks. But especially on a night like tonight when the team showed so much promise, you know, there's, there's a little bit of here and now to talk about. And, and I actually got to look. I mean, I, I looked to see where Philly were in the standings, but is this is it, I don't think I Sam I think you're right I don't think we're mathematically eliminated yet which is good so I'll be I'll be rooting the whole time 538 puts us at less than 1% so we're still at less than not, 1 it's not quite over. we're not zero. we can't be greater than 1 that yet is let's more see so than we're zero. I mean let's be honest oh, this is ugly. we need 7 <laughs> <laughs> I forgot just how bad it was we're 7 points out and uh we're sitting at 3rd Teen now correct Chicago on, have a game in hand we're on 12 points 19 12 right now would put 12 points the after tonight we were 11 going in. We, okay. Yeah, we only got one a night, unfortunately. No, we should have no, had I thought three. we were at 12 going in. Brutal. We were not. But <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was looking at like a live table in the middle of the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, regardless, you know, it's it's possible that you find a way to back into that 10th spot. You know, looking at the teams ahead of us, Cincinnati, Miami, Chicago, Atlanta, all teams that could very easily go ice cold down the stretch. <laughs> and two teams we play. So that's, yeah, that I mean, that'd help. be huge Those if we were able games. to get all six points. Yeah, or all three points. It basically makes it six points, right? But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We haven't actually shown an ability to win aside from two I, times this year. But. Gene in the comments says, never tell me the odds. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, they're not good, so we won't spell them out for you. But hey, seven points with six games, you know, there are worse situations to be in. Could be seven points with five games, or four games, or three points. <laughs> yes, mathematically, yes. <laughs> yeah. Spe- speaking of of wins that hopefully won't elude us for much longer, our friends at Across the Pond are are, are trying very hard to give away a gift card. <laughs> uh, and they they plan to do that the next time DC United wins. They were we're, we're trending in the right direction, friends. Exactly. So so keep an eye on on, on uh, the at Across the Pond DC account. Uh, I think anyone who likes the the specific tweet they put out for the game um, can win a gift card if DC United win. And of course, just for listening to our show, um, you can use the promo code podcast for 5% off your order, uh, whether that's to go or, or eating in, watching the Giants lose or the Patriots hopefully lose. I'm a Giants fan, so we, we lose all the time. Most of my teams lose at this point. Um, but DC United are, are getting back on the winning track and our friends at Across the Pond will feed you uh, once they do with a gift card. Man of the match. Yeah, I'm gonna go first tonight. Uh, I, I don't. I don't Big regularly news. go first, uh, but since you news. called it out, I feel like I get to go first. Um, Yamil Assad for sure tonight. I think he's officially out of my doghouse, especially if he continues to play like this. I mean, he he had energy, he had confidence. Um, he obviously scored on, on the PK, uh, which was pretty well taken. At first, I was a little bit disappointed, but you're right. He he absolutely sent the goalkeeper the wrong way, and so it, it, the placement didn't have to be perfect. Um, I'm thrilled with what we've seen out of Yamil the last couple games, and and definitely, if he can keep this up, I, I mean he could be an easy every match starter next year, and 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 a guy who's given this team an edge. Um, so props to Yamil, my man of the match. Yeah, I'm gonna go second because I completely agree. Um, Yamil is my man of the match as well, even before he had scored that PK. I think he he played with a lot of energy and personality today, and he's kind of breaking out and coming into his own, which is exciting to see. He was like. I mean, he was faking people out. He was doing the moves. He got that um, kick right outside that not really a PK, but possibly being looked at for a PK, which was definitely a dive. But it was it was very smart of him. He knew I was, he was very doing. concerned they were looking at that for to come back and issue a red for a dive, <laughs> at which point it would have just been emblematic been of the DC United season. But yeah, no, I think he has completely flipped um, since Chad has taken over, and I hope that he continues to just kind of 
rise up and play to the potential that we know that he could be. Like, this is the the Yamil Assad that everyone wanted to sign back to DC United. Um, so I'm excited to see it, and I hope we get to continue to do so. I'm going to be boring and go the exact same direction. I thought we <laughs> saw a lot of Emil today. You know, the team also named him their man of the match. Uh, you know, particularly, you know, like you said, a guy who's animating, a guy who drawing free kicks. I had forgotten that he was actually the one who sent the corner in that uh, Pines buried in the back yep. of the net. And even you know, down towards the end of the game, as you know, time is starting to run down, you see him come up, spin around, and run past a guy, and get so far in his head that your opponent turns around and kicks the ball at you, and probably should have been out of the game. Yeah, you know, that's a guy who is clearly impacting the game beyond just his uh, physical ability and actually really dictating what's going on there. And that's what you'd love to see, and we'd love to see more of. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I thought Donovan Pines had a really good night. Congrats on the first goal. But I, I have to agree with our caller that it, the mistakes in the back, which we gave up, the first goal was just silly, and Donovan has a part to play in that. And, and so he can't be the man of the match for me tonight. It's got to be Emil Assad. He was dynamic on the ball. Uh, and this kind of weird four four two that doesn't exactly put – that's not the most attacking formation, and, and he was a very attacking player tonight. So props to him, man of the match for me. You know, if we come in next year and you've got Assad playing at a high level, you get Gressel to find his form. You get Areola. Apparently, Flores likes to play on the wing as well. You could Flores just finding an identity in MLS. Yeah. I think could could be massive. And it's it's not unknown that it takes a little bit too. And yeah. he went out on injury, and now he's got that face mask on, um, which a lot of people have been asking about, and he's still no. getting used to. So. And that's not even mentioning Yao or. Uh, Paredes, Paredes yeah. you know, there's going to be a lot of competition for time wings. wings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the real question to me there, and, and we can probably close the show like this, but like the midfield potentially so strong, even a defensive midfield. I mean, Joshua, you and I talk regularly about like between Canals, Moreno, hopefully a healthy Felipe coming back. I mean, you got three guys that can play at that defensive uh, Abu. mid. Abu, who uh, hopefully will be healthy again. Midfield's overloaded. Um, we've seen Sites as a very capable uh, goalkeeper to step in when when Bill is ill or can't go right. Um, Backline we talked about in depth today, needing some some help. But the striker just eludes this team, right? Yeah. I mean, what do you what do we do up top? You is gotta, that is that? I think you have to splash cash, and we've seen this across MLS. I, I I'd also say that we don't have the right kind of striker for our team. The, the big hold-up uh, finisher kind of striker is not what this team is geared for. We don't have that kind of service all the time. Uh, it's a very apparent. Do so you have a, a name in mind? I mean, I no, see you get I've excited over there. No, I've been saying but. that for years. I'm like, I completely uh, agree. No, I'm excited because I completely agree. I, I, it just is very apparent that we don't we don't whip in crosses all day. Uh, and I don't want us to. I, I I like when Assad is running at goal. I like when Ariel is running at goal. I like when Gressel is getting it, and even though he provides a lot of service. But I think we need to go out, splash some cash, find a big name striker that can make runs in behind, or, or even just create chances for himself. That would be the striker that that does it for DC. United. Do you have a name in mind? Uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz. Uh, he's currently with Seattle. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. They're looking for a replacement for him for the rest of the season. Uh, and they're not gonna they're not gonna skim there. They're gonna buy a good striker. And then you think they'll get rid of him though? I think that I mean, makes I, I think that leaves them with a redundant striker. He's Peruvian, so he'd link up well with Jordi and Flores. Uh, I, that would be a dream signing. He's done it I in would. this league before. Look, this that would this be wasn't like, prompted at all. We yeah. didn't script this at all. You <laughs> no, that, that's yeah, that that that's that good. to me would be like a wrestle signing where you didn't expect that he was going to leave, and then he does, and DC United is somehow the team that convinces him to come here. Like that would blow my mind. It does. Sounder at heart is reporting that he could return to play as soon as October twenty seventh, though. So that could be a challenge. I'd be shocked to see he him leave just Seattle. Got COVID with Peruvian national but, team. Yes, yeah, so I was going to go there next. The the only knock I have against him, I think that's a great shout. He is thirty. 
Um, and so I guess my ideal signing in this in this space would be a, a little bit younger and and you know a little a few I mean, a little I bit longer I, of a at some point we start road, looking but... for a unicorn a guy yeah, yeah. who is <laughs> seventeen years old and playing at an improving will absolutely yeah I mean if we could get like, like a Wayne Rooney <laughs> at seventeen and willing to spend his whole career at DC United that would be great I also I mean I wouldn't <laughs> be mad if we signed what a then thirty one year old and we had like a a really good season because that's going to start to attract some of that other summer talent. birthday so thirty and a half. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I wouldn't be mad to like put kind of put band aids on the situation right now, right? And like sign a couple strikers, sign a couple uh, center backs, and then you know just figure it out for next season, have a more successful next season, make the playoffs, and then but it be a longer term conversation. Which again we talked about. Last uh, we're episode. talking about age. We haven't had the same striker for over a year, and how many years? Like. Uh, Since he's Bobby, 30 right he's 30 he could probably do at least one or two more years i, I would take that for the level that he's performed at MLS. yeah d- don't That's take what i said as a as a don't sign it i was just like <laughs> dang like, i wish he was 28 or 24 wayne gave us a full 20, year and a half but, uh <laughs> no but i agree with you josh wayne our center midfielder forward uh, i want to see them again easy to spend money that is not mine but i would like to see them actually splash cash on a higher end type of player uh Rudias would be a great fit you know somebody who is going to make an impact and really is going to draw people out there to see them play you know they've tried a couple of different opportunities to, to bring in other folks you've had speedsters up top you've had you know hold up guys you've had you know, lots of MLS retreads I really think you need to kind of raise the expectations for what you're going to get at position you're right and i think at the end of the day dc united like we don't need like a poacher right that's not what this team is they don't have enough opportunities and we're not chilling in the opposition's 18 yard box enough for like that to be the type of striker that we need i mean we know that gressel can whip in those crosses and get those assists so i wouldn't be mad if we kind of signed someone who was able to do a little bit of both yeah, it's interesting to me just listening to you guys talk and, and hearing my own excitement you know, on tonight's show. Like, just a totally different outlook after yeah. you know, a couple games removed from, from largely playing Benny Ball, right, and, and knowing how many injured players we have in the stands. I think Devin made a joke on the broadcast tonight about how it's like a full section of, of injury-riddled players. But when you look back at the team we had last year or even, even the year before, I mean – if everyone's healthy on this team, the talent level's probably higher with the exception of of Wayne. And Wayne, obviously, you know, you talk about unicorns, right? I mean, he was at the end of his <laughs> career, but, I mean, he's an all-time he's player, playing, right? And so. He is still playing. <laughs> and, and, and hitting amazing free kicks. Yeah, he <laughs> sure was. A lot more facial hair now, which was kind of jarring when I see those highlights. But um, hey, a lot of us are in that same boat. That's true. <laughs> Quarantine will do that. Um, yeah, same. that thought is now officially gone no um to me i think now you're right joshua now is the time to really actually splash some cash and and because if you bring in you know that that elite level striker with this type of supporting cast we talked about a stacked midfield if everybody could stay healthy everybody's fighting for minutes you know you bolster the back line just a little bit you've got still a, a, a top tier goalkeeper in the back that's an impact signing. I mean, when when you look at a team that brings in a Wayne Rooney like they did, did that put them into MLS Cup contenders? I mean, maybe that year it did when they were on a run, but consistently, I, I, I don't know that it was enough, but I think they were starting to build around that, right? And they could be a couple moves away from something really special if they could just stay healthy. But in my book, the biggest signing is whatever they got to do on the sport health side of this team <laughs> to keep people healthy, sign that person <laughs> or that group of people. Absolutely. You know, you got to have guys healthy to get out there. And I do want to pump the brakes a little bit. I don't think we're necessarily a piece or two away. I absolutely agree that there is the talent there, that if they are all hitting on all cylinders and playing at the top of their game, this can be a very good team. We've also seen this year, even when you know, the injuries align and you still get a close to first selection team out there they can play very badly I also, so, sure can. a lot of that's going to come down to who you have system wise and who you have uh, manning the sidelines which, as the coach which is what i was about to say those one or two pieces could be a coach too because you see coaches yeah. come in with all-star studded lineups and they don't 
have anything to do with it and the team really goes off the rails and then you you also see coaches who come in and make the most out of you know a little bit of talent and they really manage the players well and teach them and develop them and then you have this amazing team making a run that no one would have thought possible at the beginning of the season so I do think that this coaching signing is like a critical moment moving forward yeah, the next three months for DC United are going to be some of the, arguably some of the most important in franchise history here to get this hire right and, and get this transfer window right as we move into the next season. But there are still a number of games, what is it, five, six, six, six remaining uh, here in the 2020 MLS season. Plus playoffs. Crazy. Plus, hopefully, playoffs. We're not eliminated yet, Sam. Exactly. Uh, we've got this weekend, we have Cincinnati, right? Yep. Uh, Cincy away. Cincy out at Cincy Sunday yeah. night seven thirty. I like it. I think it's a, it's a winnable game. Absolutely. If we play the way we have been playing, I expect Cincy are still bad. Uh, we we are on the upswing. I I'm not predicting a win or anything, but I feel good about it. Sam, any off the pitch notes we got to get to for this week <laughs> this midweek show? I don't think so. Go vote. Um, Virginia extended its deadline to register to vote until thursday uh, the 15th at midnight because they had a little bit of snafu on their website so just someone cut a cable it's ridiculous accident um somebody go uh everyone go like make sure you're registered make sure you get out there to vote make sure you encourage everyone to do so make sure you're talking to dc united telling them what you want to see um hispanic heritage month they're doing a lot of great things would love to see that extended black lives still matter good rundown that was that was well done (laughs) And uh, for those of you guys who didn't note it, uh, in preparation for this weekend's game against FC Cincinnati, check out the goalkeeper. They just signed probably one of the coolest names, or, or maybe not, depending on how you look at it. Coolest, Beckham Sunderland. Coolest, corniest, like um, <laughs> in between, one or the other. I, I saw a tweet earlier of like, let's just start combining random English soccer players with random English soccer teams and you know mm-hmm. see what you come up with, so... Maybe that'll be everyone's homework for this week. We'll see if we can come up with the best uh, potential future FC Cincinnati goalkeeper name. (laughs) I like it. All (laughs) right. It's been a fun show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for hanging out uh, relatively late on your Thursday or your Wednesday night. I'm already got us transitioning into Thursday morning. Uh, Big point tonight for the black and red. We'll see if we can get three on Sunday against Cincinnati. But for now, this has been tried and true. The DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken.